You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. On this episode, we are highlighting the Purdue Memorial Union and more specifically, getting into the recent upgrades done on the ground floor, now known as the Atlas Family Marketplace. And it's my privilege to welcome into the podcast, the president and CEO of Purdue for Life Foundation, Matt Folk. Matt, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for uh, taking the time to come on. I know you wear a lot of hats and you're a busy guy at Purdue, so I appreciate the time to talk about this exciting new upgrades at the union. Uh, before we jump into that real quick, let's just let our listeners get to know you a little bit more. Again, I know you wear a lot of hats, so you can talk about that and just kind of give us a brief overview of uh, where you're from and then how you ended up at Purdue. Okay, I'm a uh, 91 electrical engineering grad. I uh, ran a semiconductor business down in Indianapolis for about 20, uh, 28, 29 years and retired a couple of years back. Um, Mitch and the board uh, asked me to come online and um, help, uh, help the university figure out all of our alumni facing organizations that weren't coordinated, et cetera. Um, formed an alumni committee, looked into that, studied, a, flew around, studied a whole bunch of other universities in the country, and lo and behold, um, you know, presented a unified advancement system, and the next thing I knew, uh, they were asking me to come out of retirement and uh, run it, so um, started in March of, I think about March 10th of uh, 2020, sent home 300 employees like the second day, and then canceled the day giving the day after, and we've been um, restructuring, reorganizing, and we did about uh, uh, eight, nine mergers uh, and a sort of a, a takeover of the engagement function from the alumni association all in that uh, year of the pandemic. And uh, things are all kind of put together now and we're rocking and rolling with fundraising and building buildings and uh, trying to do what we can do to help move the university forward. Yeah, for sure. Wow, what a wild time to, to start up there just in middle of March there. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I'll write a book someday. <laughs> well, also, I, you know, I, we mentioned the Purdue for Life Foundation. That's something I definitely want to uh, highlight on a future podcast that we haven't got a chance to do yet. So we'll have to bring it back on here in the near future to, to highlight Purdue for Life Foundation, everything that it does. Uh, so I think that'd be a great episode for people to learn, especially alumni and all the ways they can stay engaged uh, post-graduation. Yeah, anything as well, anything so. and everything from alumni to uh, all the a development work, a giving for the university to corporate uh, research and foundation research and uh, uh, relations with all those groups and a whole bunch of other things that we brought on uh, uh, in that process. But I think here today, you're mostly interested in just hearing about the process of uh, uh, the Atlas family marketplace coming to fruition inside of the basement of the union a little bit on, on that. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely have whatever questions you got. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely have you on for the Purdue for Life to do a deeper dive in that. Yeah, let's talk about the union. Uh, before we jump into the Atlas uh, Family Marketplace upgrades, kind of if you can just give us kind of a brief overview of the union, if you don't mind. Well, if you haven't been back to campus for a while, one, you won't recognize most of the places you're at on campus because there's been so many changes and everything going on in the last three or four years. But a couple of the really cool uh, uh, changes that have happened is uh, the renovation of the Union Club um, uh, due to Bruce White's uh, donation, and it's now a, a Marriott-ran um, facility here on campus. Um, 
three bars in that hotel, a great restaurant, um, a lot of activity going on in and out of there. And it's been, it's uh, one of the nicest boutique hotels in the Midwest easily. So uh, it's got kind of a, a big city sort of a, a clubby feel to it. And uh, it's really cool. So actually when you walk in from that in, old entrance off of the, uh, off of Grant Street, and walk into the union that used to be the long hallway. You, many people get up the top of those steps and they don't even know where they're at. So um, that has happened over the last year and a half. And then that was so successful, the university really thought we needed to upgrade the basement of the union again. So we um, immediately started on that and uh, found about 47, a little over $47 million um, between fundraising and what the university could kick in to really upgrade the the basement, um, which as most of you know, was a little dreary and dark and uh, uh, some secluded hallways and that sort of thing. It's all now been really opened up and uh, is an impressive change. So if you do get to campus, those should be your first two stops just to check and see what's what's new and what's different. Right on. So when we say the basement, is that is that what now is the Atlas Family Marketplace or is there a level above that? Yeah, so when you would come in off of the normal ground level, you'd either go up to what everybody referred to as the main floor of the union. And by the way, that has all new furniture and everything through it also. Or you'd go down half a level to get to the, the basement. <clears throat> there is a lower basement below that, but it's all storage and uh, functions to support the rest of the building. Gotcha. So is the, the that whole basement is now the uh, Atlas Family Marketplace. And it... Uh, it's much, um, the physical um, footprint has not changed too much, although we did build out into the front yard to put some um, fire pits and outside areas uh, into the union. But there was a huge, um, huge area that most of us have never seen because it got closed up in the 30s to be basically back into the house for cooking, et cetera. And that's all been opened up. And between, uh, between that area and between the new outdoor areas um, and all the glass in that basement looking out onto what used to be the front lawn of uh, the union, um, it seats about 300, 325 uh, more individuals um, than it used to. And as uh, I think we have uh, 12, 11 or 12 restaurants in there now. Um, so more than we used to from that standpoint. And, you know, I even just walked down there through last night and it was last night about seven, eight o'clock. It was hard to even see a table uh, open. So many students were using the facility. So it's really nice. Awesome. We'll talk about some of those new uh, restaurants or uh, things in the marketplace where people, the students or anybody who I guess comes to campus can enjoy now. Well, I mean, if you haven't been back in a while, we've got a full, fully functioning bar. Um, so uh, Drew Brees, uh, co-owner of Walk-Ons, there's a walk-on facility uh, restaurant down there now. I think we're the furthest, uh, most Northern walk-on in the country. The next one I think is maybe down in Tennessee. Um, but food's great, service has been uh, great. Uh, it's got, I believe, 53 TVs in it. You literally can't sit anywhere and not see uh, three games going on. It has uh, two stages to be able to do dueling bands sort of things and a, a pool table area uh, in it also. And then there's another uh, nine or 10 restaurants where you can get uh, poke, you can get sushi, you can get uh, burgers, you can get slices of pizza, you can get um, barbecue down there, a challah, a bunch of different uh, options. And 
I've not eaten my way through all those yet, although it looks like <laughs> I have. Um, I did eat at uh, Walk-Ons the other night, and uh, it was it was pretty good. Awesome. Um, so, uh, and reasonable, pretty reasonable price, and a great atmosphere. Um, and it's all out out in the open. There's the there's the Walk-Ons. It was kind of where Pappy's was before. <clears throat> the rest of it's been totally opened up, and there's pods. So, like four restaurants that uh, back up to each other in four or three different groupings. Um, so all the cooking and everything is kind of out in the middle and seats are in and through it and around and it's it's very much opened up and part of those back areas i mentioned that um no one is really seeing unless you're in the kitchen cooking or doing service work uh has a really cool um limestone original fireplace to the to the union that we opened up and uh, reworked and there's a bunch of windows back in there out the back side so not only do you have windows on the back side of the basement of the union, but that whole front um, area out between uh, Starbucks and uh, um, walk-ons is uh, all this glass and uh, light coming in down there. So it's really got a different feel to it. And it's upgraded to look a lot more like the original pond and pond uh, architectural design that you would see upstairs. And uh, actually they did the University of Michigan's a couple of years right before they started uh, produce um, back in um, 1922. Uh, so we're going on a hundredth year uh, anniversary of the groundbreaking this year. And to get it to the final first enclosed um, three-story sort of area that we all know and love with the lounges and stuff upstairs took about nine years to fundraise. So the original building went up pretty quick, but they built out interiors of it uh, in staged, uh, staged approaches because basically it was all funded by students. Awesome. And tell me about where the Atlas family name comes from. The Atlases are, uh, uh, I believe two generation, uh, family, um, all went through, uh, pharmacy here at Purdue and the, uh, the, I believe grandfather, um, came over and escaped the Nazis, um, uh, back uh, before the war broke out, came into uh, Northwest Indiana, settled there, and the, the balance of the family helped to support them getting through Purdue. And uh, this was, you know, part of the part of the reason they wanted to get their family name on the whole thing because of so many generations and everything that um, I believe they had uh, done to work their way to be able to afford um, public education and all that stuff to begin with. That's really cool. Now, is the is the um... Bowling Alley is still a part of the basement there? Bowling Alley is still part of the basement. Okay. There's, uh, um, the females will notice uh, if they wanted to use the elevator, they had to go around way to the backside by the ballrooms. And I think the bathrooms were back there also. There's a full nutter set of elevators and uh, ballrooms right there to be able now to even take the elevator down to where the old uh, uh, pool hall is and the uh, game room and stuff down there. So. Um, that makes it a whole lot more accessible. There's more bathrooms in there. There's uh, family bathrooms. There's, I think, a lactation uh, bathroom. Um, and then out in front, in the, in the front lawn, there are some massive long ramps that come down into the outdoor seating areas. And those, those outdoor seating areas have pergolas in them. They have uh, outdoor stages um, and they have uh, fire pits. So they're not quite open yet. I think when we have the... Uh, um, grand opening here in the spring uh you'll see all those things used uh heavily cool and uh 
I, I love like I've seen some of the pictures on, on Twitter and online, uh, just some of the images that are throughout the, the upgrades there. It's really cool. Of course, anybody who's familiar with the podcast knows uh, Tyler Trent was a big inspiration behind the podcast. It's mm -hmm. cool that they see they included his picture on the wall down there as well. It's a yeah, in walk-ons, there's a whole lot of pictures of our um, athletic history. Of course, Tyler is a big part of that. Um, there's other areas like, um, well, I mentioned the fireplace and the, the new windows and stuff, all that's original. Um, some cool touches here and there, like uh, when they redid um, State Street, the old uh, trolley tracks that ran from up here on the hill down to downtown um, Lafayette, they uncovered those a couple years ago. They saved the, the tracks and like your footrest sitting at the bar and stuff or the tracks along oh, no. there. They've used the old uh, um, smoking, smoking rails that you see around campus that started the original black um, metal fence that everybody knows and loves. That's uh, used in the basement to also, um, you know, separate the bar from regular um, 21 and under uh, eating areas. Um, they, the old stone monuments for uh, um, um, Dean Beverly um, were saved from the corner of State and Grant. And when you come down the main stairways on uh, both sides, those are prominent right there when you walk in and they put um, um, stained glass above them to kind of mimic the, the, the main entrances to the Union upstairs. A um, lot of other things, the original wall from the 22 um, building that was covered up when they made the big addition originally that added the second ballroom upstairs and that whole kind of wing, we're all used to walking up and down from kind of the um, north-south uh, pass through there. Um, they opened that up and saved it and uh, put glass in front of a lot of the old brick and uh, cement structure. There's old pictures of uh, Purdue Pete drawn on the outside of the wall there. They saved a lot of that stuff. There's little uh, areas all the way through the basement that talk about um, not only the history of the basement, but history of Purdue and some of our traditions. And on the very back wall, back in the back, you can even see, I think there's been eight or nine additions throughout the 100 year um, life of the union. And there's a big drawing that shows the time frame of everything and then what was added to the union as you go through time. So that's also kind of kind of cool to look at. And and most people will also want to know this, but the Starbucks uh, has been like doubled in size from the old one that we used to have, which by the way, I think was the busiest Starbucks in the state of Indiana. And I think between that one and the and the one over on Third Street, I think we have two of the three busiest ones now. I believe it. All the students that need that coffee to, to stay awake. Yep. <laughs> we actually study here <laughs> awesome uh, any other upgrades whether it's on the atlas family marketplace um, or other levels that you want to mention well um, i mentioned the the union club um, first uh, the other thing that's been kind of nice there's an outside bar as you go through the hotel um, and you know there used to be that big open space between kind of the ballroom area and where the hotel was that was really just grass mud and a picnic table and a couple trees out there. There's a um, really nice uh, bar area out there right off the central um, hall that feeds into the back um, major door into the great hall of uh, the second um, of the main floor there. 
Uh, that's used for a lot of things in the fall and in the spring. Um, I think I mentioned earlier, most of the furniture up on the main floor has been replaced and is much uh, more modern looking. It still looks a little thin right now because it's thinned out for uh, COVID reasons, but uh, a lot more um, furniture will come in there and some of those areas have been redone um, a little bit. Um, and I really think once we, you know, now have this bottom floor done, we'll probably use some other amenities upstairs and even up on the, the third level where all of the faculty lounges and that sort of thing are. Um, but the basement's been the big, the big adder right now. We're really excited about the outdoor parts. We're really excited about the extra um, seating. And, you know, even all those extra seats have um, electrical outlets and everything on them now for all the computers and everything that kids had before, which was an issue because they would, you had to fight over where you could plug in. Um, thousands of outlet, outlets in there now for students just to plug in wherever they need to plug in uh, to be able to do their stuff. And a lot of private areas even in that basement. So it's not one big open area. It's many smaller areas to study at and many different uh, study and eat at and probably 20 or 25 different sort of configurations of um, semicircular tables or big square tables that are set off in their own areas so that you can have meetings with eight to 10 people with uh, the TVs up above to plug your computer into to do your presentations. There's private rooms. Um, there's separate areas that are just two or three small tables. Um, so you really have a, a you know, all the way up to sitting at the bar and studying if you want to do that or sitting in one of the restaurants and studying. So um, lots of space, lots of new amenities, a um, lot more openness feeling to the thing and uh, just a, a great upgrade, I think, that also pays a lot of homage to the history of the building and it does not look out of place at all. That's awesome. I'm hoping to get up on campus in a few weeks here. So can't wait to bring the family over there and check out all the upgrades. Of course, we always love the uh, the second floor too, with the the big map there in the middle of the the building, uh, just shown, seeing that changes and the updates to the map up there, and the and then of course always yeah. in the uh, winter with the Christmas tree that's brought in as well. So, well, um, we're doing all the fundraising and uh, um, uh, work from that standpoint um, on the university side. I'm also one of the three folks that are on the building committee and the naming committee. So. I was looking the other day and uh, we were going through what we're trying to fund and all this sort of thing. And there's literally between uh, refurbs or refreshes or new buildings or new construction, there's 21 different um, construction projects in some either early or finalizing state of, uh, of progress here on campus. So, um, you know, the, probably the next thing before we even break into doing more things on the second or third floor of the union is we have planned now to do a big renovation on the first floor of Stewart Center. So um, you'll see that once we finish up the hotel, start to get torn apart a bit. All of student services is moving into that uh, first floor. Um, back the long hallway where we all used to do all of our interviewing stuff and the old library areas back in there and then the main thoroughfare um, Ezra Fowler kind of over to the union will all be turned into student services. So you'll have um, admissions, you'll have financial aid, you'll have bursar's office, all that sort of thing will be moved out of Schleeman Hall and moved out of the basement of Hubdi over into this readily accessible area for students and incoming students to uh, 
access while they're at the union. So it all plays into each other well. We're even going to add some uh, basically uh, lecture halls in there such that incoming juniors, well, juniors, seniors from high school that are looking to uh, you know, choose their colleges, that's where the tours will start off. We'll have more of a lecture feel for them to begin with and then break off into smaller tours. So that'll really be, uh, and a lot of the student, um, student uh, activity support will be remodeled in the basement of that at the same point in time. And we'll remodel part of that, that part of Hubby in the basement. Probably we have decided, but more for um, many more of our faculty and staff are just going to, you know, land for a day somewhere and then work from home going forward so that we don't need as many buildings. But Hubby will get remodeled for that. And then Schleeman is going to get turned into a, it's not approved yet, but a <laughs> $45 million data science building that will be really cool. I've seen the plans for it and they're taking that old building and really making it look modern and uh, slick inside. Wow, sorry. Are you saying that's some breaking news here on the podcast that announcing? It might be. <laughs> I, yeah, it might be. <laughs> that's awesome. And talk about, uh, as we're kind of wrapping up here, I just want to kind of hear from you. Talk about like all these continued upgrades and innovation that happen on campus. Um, what this does is continue to make Purdue a great place to live, uh, learn, and work. Well, you know, start looking at where we've been ranked lately, top 10 in almost everything, and, you know, most innovative and doing all that with holding tuition flat and actually reducing, um, you know, dorm costs, et cetera. We even have a problem now with more students wanting to stay in dorms in sophomore and junior years because it's so cheap compared to the apartments and everything around. So, um, you know, it just increases the, the general welfare of everyone. And, uh, you know, the, the alumni base has really fallen in love with this kind of uh, frozen tuition concept and high quality, um, um, low cost uh, ability um, uh, to go forward. And that's just driving donations left and right and driving, you know, applications. We just sent out the first round of kids that got in last weekend and we had, you know, over 30,000 kids apply just for 3,000 spots in engineering. And we have another 14,000 apply just over the weekend. And we have uh, over, I think 7,000 was the number I heard this morning, kids applying for what looks to be like another 10,000 um, person class. So, you know, we've got a, we got a housing crunch. We got to work our way through along with, you know, building our way out of other uh, areas for capacity. But the demand for a Purdue degree is through the roof. And the value of a Purdue degree, even for those that got us years ago, I think is also through the roof. And a Purdue degree is recognized worldwide as being, you know, first in class. Yeah, for sure, man. It's incredible what's been happening up there under the leadership of President Daniels and others. And just, yeah, all these rankings you mentioned and just especially to be able to do a lot of this upgrades, innovations, you know, like you said, like you mentioned, freezing tuition and other things. It's just, it's incredible. The, the great things that are happening up there at Purdue. It's a lot of fun to be on Mitch's cabinet. Of the 15 or so of us, there's probably 12 of us that either ran major divisions or our own corporations. And we really do work together and function like it's a business. And we try and work at the speed of business as opposed to the speed of government or even, even the slow speed of a university. So um, yeah, some, even some really cool things are gonna get announced here in the next uh, couple months um, out in Discovery Park and new, amenities for alumni and um, 
health services and retirement capabilities and other things out there. So um, lots of lots of good uh, good news will be coming out uh, even as we go here. That's awesome, Matt. Thank you so much for your time. As we're kind of wrapping up here, uh, anything else that you want to add? Um, you know, wear your black and gold, be proud of the university, um, show the colors and, uh, you know, do what you can do to help support. And uh, hopefully we make you all proud. Awesome. We're sure doing that. That's awesome, Matt. Thank you again so much for your time and uh, Boiler Up. Hail Purdue. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. And you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.